Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. We're going to get into some good things from the Word today. Amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Well, lift your Bible up with me today. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. It is the indestructible, unchangeable, ever-living Word of God. Today, I'll be taught the Word. I will apply it to my life, and it will change my life. And I will never, never, never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 24. The book of Luke, chapter 24. And uh, we want to look at some things uh, from the Word. And, um, you know, today is uh, what's commonly uh, celebrated as Pentecost Sunday, uh, I am not a big, uh, I don't want to say it, I'm not a big traditionalist, meaning that I don't, you might come here on Sunday morning, that's a Christmas, and I may not minister a Christmas message. I just, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's not that we don't teach on those things. We've got many resources. Uh, but for instance, last year, somebody asked me, well, what'd you preach on on Pentecost Sunday? And I think I was preaching on the power of the new creation. And uh, uh, they said, you didn't preach on the Holy Ghost? Well, I always preach on the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, but, but the point is, is today there are some things that the Lord shared with me that have to do with that. But, um, you know, on Pentecost Sunday, many focus on, on uh, the day of Pentecost and point out the connection uh, between the Jewish feast uh, of Pentecost and it was one of the three major feasts that in the book of Exodus that God requested that Israel uh, keep every year. The three times the males would uh, come and present themselves before the Lord. And uh, it was a, a wonderful time. But it was the, the, the celebration of the end gathering. It was a celebration of the harvest. It was a celebration of, of uh, the first fruits. All right. And uh, it, it was interesting that that it uh, came to, to pass that the Holy Spirit was poured out on that exact feast day, and it was the birth of the church just like it was the in-gathering of the physical harvest. And so there, there are parallels to that, and we recognize the parallels between the Feast of Pentecost and uh, the beginning of the church, because on the day of Pentecost, we see the first fruits of the church coming to the earth, uh, but we can't allow the parallels to become the focus. You can't allow the parallels to become the focus. That's like allowing the shadow to become the focus. I heard Brother Copeland say years ago, he said the enemy is trying real hard to seem ferocious, and he made this statement. He said, but the shadow of a dog never bit anybody. And so, in other words, if you're focused on the shadow, you're going you're gonna to miss something. Amen. Because, because the shadow is not the type. 
The type is always greater than the shadow. It's always more powerful. It's always bigger. It's always greater. Amen. And so everything that we do, everything that we do, our worship, our enthusiasm, our prayer, our pray, praying in the Spirit, it reflects the fact that we have a Pentecostal heritage. And our fruitfulness is a result of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, we see the focus. The focus was the birth of the church. The focus was the birth of the church. And so we're going to minister this morning on the power to be the church. The power to be the church. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, this is when Jesus had walked, came out of the city with the disciples. He's about to ascend to the Father. And he says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high, until you be invested with power, or until you be armed with power. Amen. So notice the promise was that they would be clothed with power after the promise of the Father. So we see that the promise was power. The promise was wonder-working ability. The promise was, was this ability to show forth signs and wonders on the earth. Hallelujah. Th this is important because the Bible tells us what the promise was. Until the promise of the Father comes on you. And he's going to tell us further on here what the promise is. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. You know, if, if you get your focus off, we've used this illustration uh, many times over the years, but if you have a heading in an airplane and you're, you're set on that specific heading, you know, well, if you didn't have anything like crosswinds, if you didn't have anything to push you off your heading, then you could just set the autopilot and you'd go right there on that heading. Amen. But you have a tailwind, you have a headwind, you have crosswinds. And all of that works to push you off your heading. And so even when you set the autopilot, you're not just flying by autopilot, you're checking the heading. Because if you're off just a couple of degrees, it can be hundreds of miles from your destination. Amen. Hallelujah. In the local church, you're constantly being brought back to your original heading. This is what the Word says about what you should believe. This is what the Word says about what is important in our lives. Amen. I, I can remember over the years uh, teaching something over and over and over again. And, you know, I'm not one that, you know, a, a I've heard talk to pastors. They say, boy, I preached a long series the, the other month. I say, how long was it? Three weeks. I, I got series out there that have 25 weeks in them. I mean, not, not 25 spread over a few months, 25 in a row. Now, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying pastors preach series because you never get full faith in one hearing. You never get it all in one hearing. Amen. And if you don't, if you don't stay focused on the heading, then you, you look around at your life and you say, how did I get over here? 
when I thought I was headed this direction. You didn't keep checking up on the heading. Every time you come to church, every time you come to a service and the word is preached, that's a chance for you to look down at your spiritual instrument panel and say, am I still on the heading I was on? Am I still going the direction I thought I was going? How did this happen? People will say, how did this happen? How did this come on my life? How did this occur? Because they weren't checking the heading. Amen. So here in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 7, well, let's start in verse 4. That's a good place to start. And being assembled together with them, Jesus assembled together with them, he commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. John baptized you into repentance. John baptized you into this public proclamation, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Verse 7, and he said to them, well, let's start in verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father's put in his own power. Now, this is interesting because even today we see this. People worried about times and seasons. Times and seasons. What's going to happen now and what's going to happen this? One translation says, Jesus said, it's not your business to learn times and dates. It's not your business to learn times and dates. You know what's going to happen in the future is going to happen in the future. We're ready for it. We've read what Jesus said. What do we have to do right now? What should we be focused on right now? It's right now that matters. Amen. And, and he went on and he said, but you shall receive power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth, city, state, nation, and world. Is that right? Amen. You shall receive power, wonder-working, dynamic power, after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And then notice what he said the power was for. He said, after the power came on them, they would be witnesses unto him or witnesses about him. Now, there are many denominations that teach that's just the power to witness your faith effectively. And that's true. And witnessing your faith effectively verbally is one way of witnessing about him or unto him. But the power to do so, by the word, it means dynamic, wonder-working, miracle-working power. So that tells us that something's coming on the church that they did not have previously. Every work of power that the disciples did before the birth of the church, they did it on credit based on Jesus' anointing and Jesus' authority. That's why he said, I want you to go. And he said, I'm giving you authority and I want you to go do this in my name. Now, people say, how's that possible? They weren't born again. They weren't even saved. They just believed in him as the Messiah. But they were not born again. So he said, everything that you do, now we do everything in his name too. But remember, they came back. He said, I give you authority. I give you power. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
Now, if he'd already given them the power, why'd they need the power again? They hadn't received this power yet. I said they hadn't received this power yet. How do we know they hadn't received this power yet? Because just, just hours after Jesus was arrested, Peter denied him three times. Just hours after G- Jesus was arrested, all of them were hiding. All of them were denying they knew him. Bunch of powerful guys. Amen. Hallelujah. You, you see, listen, you see not one work of power after the, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. And he appeared among them for 40 days. And you see him doing no works of power. And you see them doing no works of power. You see no works of power until after the day of Pentecost when power came on them. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Do, do you see this? And see, the focus gets off in so many circles. Like I said, in some circles, it's the parallels, and this is the parallel, and this is the parallel between the feasts, and this is the parallel between them, and then there's people that go to the, the other extreme, and the focus in, on the day of Pentecost is tongues, and tongues, and tongues, and tongues, and tongues came, but something more important came. Power came. Power came. It, listen, there are people that speak in tongues and deny the power. You, you, they, they both work in conjunction. If, if you're not operating in the power that came, you're missing something. If you're just praying in tongues and speaking in tongues with no power, you're missing something. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So they had no ability to be the church before the infilling of the Holy Ghost. No ability to be the church. Hallelujah. The church is to be a vehicle of power and of change. If you go to a church and something's not changing in your life, either you're not receiving or there's no power there. Period. End of discussion. When when you go to church, if church is just a ritual, if church is just something you do because it's Sunday morning, then you're there for the wrong reason. I want to be where change is going on in my life. I want to be where I'm seeing lives change, where I'm seeing minds impacted with the Word of God, where I'm seeing things happen in the lives of people. Amen. You don't just have church to have another church. You don't just come together just because you don't have anything else to do. You come together because we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're a living, powerful organism in the earth that's producing effective change in our lives and in the lives of those that will listen. Every time you give your testimony of what God did for you, how God healed you, how God set you free, how God delivered you, that same power that was in the upper room is coursing through your body and the opportunity to let someone's life be changed is right there presently where you're at oh hallelujah power amen the church is to display the power of God to the world so important and on the day of Pentecost The church received the power to be the church. They received the power to be the church. Notice Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So what happened? The power showed up. And the power showed up and changed their language. Gave, gave them a supernatural utterance that they didn't have before. Oh, glory to God. And we, know, and we know that's still for us today to speak in other tongues after you're infilled with the Holy Spirit. There are people that will say, well, that was only for that day, you know, because there were so many people in the city of Jerusalem because of the Feast of Pentecost. And, and you know, that was only to speak their languages on that day. Then why in every other instance in the Bible, in the book of Acts, when people were filled with the Holy Ghost, why did they speak in tongues then? There are times that the church was gathered together and they would be filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 4 says that they were filled, the place that they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake in tongues. Why would they need to speak in tongues when it was all believers? In, 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 In the book of Acts when Paul went to Ephesus and found people that were believers, disciples. And he said, if you receive the Holy Ghost since you believe. They said, we didn't know whether there'd be any such thing as a Holy Ghost. He said, well, come on over here. Who were you baptized under? John's baptism. He laid hands on them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, spake in tongues, and prophesied. Why did they need to speak in tongues and prophesy? There were no people there that that were from other countries that needed to hear the message. When Philip went to to the city of Samaria, we'll read it in just a minute. It says that, that he went there, and the people with one accord gave ear to Philip, preaching Christ, hearing and seeing the works that he did and the miracles that he did. For demons were coming out of many, cried with loud voice, and people that were paralyzed, people that were sick, were healed. Amen. And there was great joy in the city. And it says, when the disciples therefore heard that the Samaritans had received the gospel, they sent unto them Peter and John, who coming upon them, laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost and spake in other tongues. Glory to God. See, you, you, you can't preach Pentecost without preaching the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And the experience of speaking in other tongues is for us today. But what accompanied the speaking in tongues? Power. Power accompanied that. I don't, want, I don't want to try to have one without the other. I've known a Pentecostal people that would say, well, you know, God might fill you with the Holy Ghost, and you might only speak in tongues once, or you may never speak in tongues. That's not biblical. That's not Bible. That's not Bible. If you, if you are infilled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in every instance they spoke with other tongues. Every instance. And Paul says he spoke in tongues more than the entire Corinthian church. Now, brother, you know, if you're speaking in tongues more than the Corinthian church, you're speaking in some tongues. Because they were some tongue-speaking people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. What accompanied that? Power. Power. On the day of Pentecost, the church received the power to be the church. The church received the power to be the church. Look at, you're there in chapter 2, look at verse 36. This is Peter preaching after he was infilled with the Holy Spirit, after the power of, of the Holy Ghost came upon him. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus, who you crucified, Lord and Christ, Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were cut 
in their heart. They were, they were cut into their, their being. And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what must we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise. The promise of what? The promise of the Holy Ghost is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, they're not going to get a different experience than they got in the upper room. And he said the gift of the Holy Ghost will come upon you. So when the gift of the Holy Ghost came upon them in the upper room, they spake in tongues. So when the gift of the Holy Ghost came on them, we know by reference they spoke in tongues. But they got something else. Power. Power. A, 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 a entity that is not powerful cannot turn the world upside down. Is that right? But yet we read that when Paul was in the city and they cast the devil in, 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 the, in Philippi and they cast the devil out of that, that, that girl that was making her master's money by fortune telling. They got mad, and they came to the magistrates, and they said, them that have turned the world upside down are here. We got to do something about it. Amen. The church is not a politically correct entity. The church is not something that can just go with the flow and be okay with everybody. When you're operating as the church, you're going to be diametrically opposed to the issues that are going on in the world. Amen. Are you following me? At some point, the church will come head to head with the world. Well, I got quiet in this Presbyterian church. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, can't we just... No, no we can't. If, if, if we're going to show the power of the church... The power that came on the church at Pentecost. At some point, it's going to be opposed to what's going on in the world. Amen. And I'm not just talking about the sin. I'm talking about the fear and the doubt. The reason why, the reason why you are successful when other people are not successful is not just because you're, you're on the word. It is. That's a large part of it. It's because you have power to overcome all the power of the enemy. And when did I get that power? When I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. When I was born again and received the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So notice the boldness and the power that indwelt Peter was manifested in his preaching. And the people he preached to were pricked or cut to the heart when they heard his message. Why? Something had changed. There was power behind what he was saying. There was power behind. Listen, this is the first message we see after the day of Pentecost. And Peter preached his first message after being infilled with the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 souls were born again in one message. Glory to God. Do, do, do you see this? This is the boldness. This is the power that, 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 that came with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The power to be the church. Look at Acts chapter 4. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Amen. You know, and, and you know, when I was growing up, when I was a, a young boy, 
I mean, it was, you were, if you were spirit-filled, you were called Pentecostal. Now, somewhere, you know, the mid-60s, late-60s, it became charismatic. And then, short time after that, it became full gospel. Amen. Well, I, I, either way, I mean, it all means the same thing. But my point in bringing that out is that there are people that will talk about being Pentecostal, but if I'm Pentecostal, there's a power that comes with being Pentecostal. If I'm Pentecostal. I heard one man say, Pentecost is an experience, not a denomination. I disagree. Pentecost is power, not a denomination. It's power. If, if I've had what they refer to as the Pentecostal experience, not only do I speak in tongues, I operate in power. You operate in power. Amen. Say it out loud. I operate in power. Operate in power. Oh, glory to God. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the church, the place was shaken where they were assembled, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things that he possessed was his own. They had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Amen. But notice, with great power they gave witness of the resurrection. The Weymouth Bible says with great effect. They gave witness. Another says with great force. They gave witness. So the power was not only in their preaching. They gave witness of the resurrection. By the signs and wonders that confirmed their ministry. And that proved Jesus was alive. Every time somebody gets healed. It's proof that Jesus is still alive. Why? Because Jesus, listen to me when I say this, Jesus is the only healer there is. There is no other healer. Anybody that lays hands on somebody and they get healed, they didn't heal them, Jesus healed them. Amen. I don't care who it is, I don't care what healing evangelist. People say, yeah, I went to so-and-so's meeting and he laid hands on me and I got healed. He might have laid hands on you, but Jesus healed you. Because Jesus is the only healer. There is no other healer. I believe that Jesus is the healer. And I believe that if I lay hands on you like Jesus told me to, that that sign of healing will follow my obedience. I've been given the power to lay hands on the sick and see the sick recover because Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is right here in our midst waiting to do what? Heal the sick, deliver the hopeless, set people free. Why? Because he said, where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of you. And if he's in the midst of us, the same power that he possessed on the earth is here with us today. And we have been invested with that same power because we've been filled with the Holy Ghost and we have the same ability that they had in the book of Acts. Because we're not a different church. We're the same church. Amen. Do you hear me? See, you got to recognize this and understand. Somewhere over the years, we've bought into this erroneous idea that they were more powerful than we are. 
that they had something we don't have. And you'll hear preachers preach, let's get back to the days of the early church. Dear God, why? We should, we should be farther along than they were. We should be seeing these things on a regular basis. I just told you that Peter just days before, just days before, maybe 45 days before, had denied he knew Jesus. But then he's filled with the Holy Ghost. And he stands up with no theological training. Didn't go to the Assembly of God Bible School in Waxahachie, Texas. Didn't go to Rama. Didn't go to ORU. Stood up and in his unlearned way preached the gospel and preached Christ to them. And 3,000 people were born again. There are preachers that have preached their whole entire ministry. 30, 40, 50 years and never saw 3,000 people born again. And Peter only filled with the Holy Ghost a matter of hours. Just a matter of hours stood up and had such power in his ministry that 3,000 people were born again. Amen. 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 I don't believe that we're supposed to be preaching Pentecostal history. I believe that we're supposed to be making Pentecostal history. I believe that we're supposed to be writing our own chapter of Pentecostal history in the earth today. I believe that we need to go preach what was said and preach what was declared, but then we preach it and then we act on it in the day that we're in and the time that we're living in. Regardless of what many people want to say, there are people that are hungry for the things of God. They're hungry for the Word of God. They're hungry for the power of God in their life. They're just looking for a vehicle or an entity that will come and say this is what God wants to do this is how God wants to do it are you ready oh glory be to God amen oh glory look at Acts chapter 5 the power was not only in their preaching they gave witness of the resurrection by the signs and wonders that confirmed their ministry. And that proved Jesus was alive. Acts chapter 5. Let's look at verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Hallelujah. <coughs> and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now notice verse 14. And believers were more added to the Lord multitudes of men and women. Insomuch they brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter might passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about to Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed every one. Oh, hallelujah. Now, people will read that and say, oh, yes, look at that. Oh, yes, look at that. That's the power that came on the church. That's the power that came on the church. That, that power was radiating from Peter, emanating from Peter, the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is the power that came on the church. 
So the works were done in the name of Jesus, meaning Jesus is the one doing the works, and we bear witness of him. We bear witness of him. Oh, hallelujah. Now, look at Acts chapter 8. Coming. Glory. Acts chapter 8 and verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Little Rock. I mean Samaria. <laughs> and preached Christ unto them. Now think about this for a moment. Think about this for a moment. What did Peter say in Acts chapter 10 when he was at the house of Cornelius? He said to them, he said, talking about when Jesus was, was uh, walking on the earth with them, he said, this is the message that we preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Is that right? It says, Philip went and preached Christ. Christ. What did he preach? Jesus is anointed to set you free. Amen. Jesus is anointed. When he uses the word Christ, it's a reference to the anointing that was on Jesus. And it's the same anointing that's on us. He went, notice, he went and he preached Christ to them. And the people with one accord gave heed to the things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. Now notice, for unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Now notice. Notice when they gave heed. When they heard and saw the miracles that he did. That's when they paid attention. Amen. Amen. You know, you might can argue with a sermon, but if you see somebody that's laid flat on their back and can't move, and you see somebody pray for them in the name of Jesus, and they get up, can't argue with it. You better listen to what they're saying. Is that right? Amen. There are people on the sound of my voice. When things really changed in your life was when you encountered the power of God and everything changed. Everything changed. And then you were like, there's, there's something to this. Isn't that right? It says they gave heed when they heard and saw the miracles that he did. And notice what they were. Oh, hallelujah. Unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. Oh, glory to God. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Is that right? That's the power that came on the, the church at the day of Pentecost. There are people that are bound in the world. There are people bound in our families. There are people we know that are bound, that are, that are, that are chained up by the enemy, and they need to be set free. And we have the power to do it. We have the power to get them set free. The church has that power. Now, it may sound like I'm teaching to the choir, but here's the thing. What, listen, what, what changes a city is the power of God. Not social endeavors, not political change. 
I still hear, I still hear Christians, and I don't understand them. I tell you what, if we just, if we just had this guy, if we just had this person in office, listen, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. The answer is the power of God. The answer is the power of God. If the power of God cannot work when the party that you may not like is operating, then the power of God's not what it says. Everything that you see happen in the book of Acts and afterwards in the Pauline epistles all happened in an environment that was hostile towards the church. I'm so tired of weak-kneed, lily-livered, spineless pastors and preachers that will stand up and actually act like there's something going on in the world that can overcome the church. Dear God, what are we going to do? The world's turning on us. They've always been turned on us. They've always been against us. Jesus, Jesus said, you'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. Is that right? There are people that don't like you just because you believe in Jesus. Just because you believe the word of God. You say, what do you got to do with that? Just keep on preaching the gospel. Keep on showing the power. I've had, I had a guy come to church that was going to beat me up because his son got saved. His son and daughter got born again in youth group. Somebody witnessed to him, brought him to youth group. He came, his name's Tim Fairbairn. I still see him every now and then. He, he goes to another church now. He was sitting on the third row, and he had planned to wait until I gave the altar call, and he was going to come beat me up because his children got saved. Well, he was a drug dealer. He was dealing drugs out of his house. His life was a mess. I gave the altar call, and sure enough, he stepped out of the aisle. People say, what happened? The power of God met him, and God, as my witness, laid him out on the floor. Amen. He got up. We led him to the Lord. He got filled with the Holy Ghost that day. Amen. Became one of my best men in my church. Glory to God. He encountered the power of God. He encountered the power of God. And, you know, he went from dealing drugs to getting people set free from drugs. He went from a life that was a mess to a life that was a song. Why? Because he encountered the power of God. Hallelujah. That's, that's what happened. Oh, glory. See, the church is a vehicle of power. We've received the power to be the church. Hallelujah. Many are quick to say we're Pentecostal, we're charismatic, we're full gospel. Well, if we're Pentecostal, charismatic, or full gospel, the accompanying sign will be power. That'll be the accompanying sign. It's not an argument. It's not a big issue. It's just the reality of it. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, they received the Holy Ghost. They spoke with other tongues. But Jesus didn't focus on tongues. He focused on power, power to be the church. You, we cannot minimize, or should we minimize tongues, but many that speak in tongues deny the power of God. You say, how do you know? I was raised Pentecostal. I know. <laughs> Amen. There, there are Pentecostal people you know and I know. They are Pentecost as the day is long. They are filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And yet they don't believe it's God's will to heal you. Amen. You better be careful putting God in the box, 
saying God's got to do whatever you ask him. If you come tonight, you'll find out why that's true. Amen. I'm not putting God in the box when I, when I go to him with his word. You said you're my eternally self-existent healer. Now, I'm not getting off on that. I'm just trying to explain to you. But there are people that speak with tongues and claim to believe every word that's in the Bible. And they'll tell you it may or it may not always be God's will to heal. Amen. Or, or here's one. I don't believe in all that prosperity business. Well, I thought you believed all the Bible. Well, bless God, I just don't believe it's God's will for all that. Well, then you've never read the Bible. But they'll speak with tongues. I'm not minimizing that. We pray in tongues at the drop of a hat and drop it ourselves. But here's the point. Here's the point. If I deny the power, then the tongues are just annoying. That's what 1 Corinthians 13 says. It says if you're not walking in the power of the Spirit, which is love, then speaking in tongues and prophesying and all that other, it's just annoying. Because there's got to be power there. Oh, glory to God. So if you've received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the first thing you receive is the power to live right. Boy, there's a lot I could get into right here. Amen. Yeah, and, and instead of preaching the power to live right today, we have preachers and churches making excuses for the way people live. Instead of preaching the power to live right. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, the fire of God came in you, and it burnt everything out of you that was unlike God. And when you make up your mind, I'm going to live in the power of Pentecost, I'm going to live in the power of the Holy Ghost, that, that's not an issue no more. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, I don't understand backsliding. Because you're full of the power of God. You're full of the power of God. I say you're full of the power. Tell your neighbor, I'm full of the power of God. See, there's, there's nothing to go back to. There's nothing to go back to. You don't want to go back to that weak life that, that, that you were held in bondage consistently. Do you remember those days when you couldn't overcome anything, but then you were born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, and you received the power to overcome all the power of the enemy, and no matter what comes your way, the greater one lives on the inside of you, and you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. That power is on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. I remember one time, and y'all have met my mother. I remember one time she stands about that tall. I remember one time we, we walked into a, is it either a CVS or a Walgreens. I don't remember. And, and we walked in there. We walked in that, that, that store. And uh, we, I was just, I had driven her down there to look for something. And, and I don't know if this ever happened to you. If it hasn't, then, you know, I'm, I'm just telling you. But we, we were walking by an aisle, and we turned in this aisle, and there was a lady there. And uh, when we turned in that aisle, that lady looked at my mother, and her eyes just flashed, and she started growling. Mad. And my mother said, you devil, shut up and come out of her in Jesus' name. In the CVS, right in the CVS. In the hair color aisle. 
Hallelujah. You say, what happened? I audibly heard this. I heard that lady go, oh. And she just looked at my mother like, what just happened? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, now, now you, may, you may or may not ever experience that. But that's how I was raised. If the devil runs his mouth, you tell him to shut up and come out in the name of Jesus. Why? That's the power we've been given. We do not coexist with the devil. We used to sing a, church, a song when I was a boy growing up in church, and it said, uh, uh, me and the devil had a battle, but I won. Me and the devil just agreed. I hate him, and he hates me. That's just the issue. The devil hates you. He hates your life. He hates your existence. He doesn't like you being on this planet. But there's nothing he can do about it. Because Jesus said that we'll tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Glory be to God. Because I got the power. I got the power on the inside of me. You got the power on the inside of you. Glory to God. Amen. Woo-hoo. Do, do you see that? Hallelujah. The power is not in our tradition. The power is in what we received. The power is in the one we received. When, when you study that, that word power out, it, one of the meanings of that word dunamis, it means mighty worker of miracles. So, so not only, understand, when we talk about power, we dynamite, explosive power, I received the mighty worker of miracles. When we think power, sometimes we just think, I received the power and the one that produced the power on the inside of me, on the inside of you. Oh, Hallelujah. Look at Mark 16. Whew. Oh, feel like I'm fire hosing you. That's all right. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. What, what you believe about what you receive when you receive the person of the Holy Ghost, what you believe is, is going to determine your success as a believer. I, I'm not subject to the whim of the enemy. I'm not subject to sickness. I'm not subject to poverty. I'm not subject to possession. I'm not subject to depression. I'm not subject to oppression. Amen. Not with the power of God on the inside of me. And you might have to stand. But you stand knowing who's on the inside of you. Amen. Glory be to God. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the good news to every creature, every creation. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not will be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Now you stop right there. These signs shall follow them that believe. These signs will follow them that believe. Hallelujah. I remember pastor teaching a series on eagle leadership. And he was talking about the church taking ownership. 
and taking ownership of their part of the body of Christ. And he was talking, he, he, he mentioned life group leaders, and he said, you got to take ownership of your neighborhood. You got to take ownership of your block and take ownership of your part of the city. And he, and he referenced Mac Goburn. Some of y'all remember uh, Brother Mac, wonderful, good friend of ours. But when, you know, when he first got born again, he was going out every night, and, and the only people he knew to go to were people who used to be like him. And so he'd go get people, and, and, and he'd start talking to people about Jesus, but he didn't know how to close the deal. And so he'd bring them back to that little church he was a part of. And he'd go knock on the pastor's door. And the first night, the pastor got up and ran right across the street, opened the door, and, and led the person to the Lord. Well, the next night, he had another one. And it was, you know, it was, it was 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Amen. And finally, one, finally, after he led one to the Lord for Mac, he, he turned to Mac and he said, Mac, come here. And he gave him the key. And he said, you can lead him to the Lord as well. So you don't need me to do it. You can lead him to the Lord. Amen. Well, that, that's when he started bringing like a whole row of people to the church. Right? Here's what I want you to see. He said, you go and you preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs will follow them that believe. The fact that you're preaching the gospel means you believe what you're saying. And he said, these signs will follow them that believe. Not will follow the pastor, not will follow the evangelist, them that believe. That believe what? Believe that they've received the power. Believe that they've received the power. Amen. They believe that they've received the power. Amen. In my name, they will cast out devils. Woo, glory. Amen. Do you see that? They will speak with new tongues. You know, there are a lot of people who say that's the sanctified speech of the born-again believer. That, that's a new set of tongues. That's the tongues they received in the upper room. It'll sure enough clean up your old tongue, but you got a new tongue. Oh, hallelujah. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. Now, obviously, you know, we're not handling snakes or drinking poison. But what that means is no matter what you encounter, you have power over it. No matter what he already said, you will tread on serpents and scorpions. What's that mean? Big demons and little demons. And you'll just tread on all of them. And he said, even if something happens, you drink poison that you don't know about, it won't hurt you. Why? Because the power that you have on the inside of you. Ah, the power of the amen. Glory. You see, you stand up in the power of God, and they start talking about this and that and the other, and a new this and a new strain, and a new this and a new that. And you say with power, I don't mind telling you, I'll never have it. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Just the real, what was speaking. It's not just you, it's the power coming out of you. The power has to have a release. Not, not worried about it. Well, what if it's this and what if it's that, or what if it's nothing? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. They will lay hands on the sick. And it's a good possibility they'll recover. Now, now, who is this? Those that believe. Is that right? These signs will follow them that believe. These signs will follow them that have believed. I have believed. It's too late. I've already believed. 
I believe if I lay hands on you, you'll get healed. I believe if I lay hands on you, something will change. Amen. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. What did they preach everywhere? The gospel. The Lord working with them and confirming. Now notice, the Lord working with them and the Lord confirming. Right? The word with signs following or accompanying accompanying signs. Signs of power accompany the preaching of the word. It should never be otherwise. It should never be otherwise. Amen. Many say, well, we preach the word. If that's the case, those signs will be present. Those signs will be present. Because he said those signs would follow them that believe. Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is the source of the power. On the day of Pentecost, he filled the church with power to be what the Father desires the church to be. Oh, hallelujah. To be what the Father desired the church to be. Listen, you'll never see, you'll never see the church fade away. Can't. It's the, only, it's the only entity of power in the earth. It's the only true vehicle of change in the earth. Nothing else can change a person, spirit, soul, and body. Just the church, just the word. Amen. You, you, can, you can go to a recovery group. If you're battling addiction or battling something like that in your life, you can go to a recovery group, and they can give you some steps to help you cope, but they can't change you. But when you start, you start adding the word into that, it changes you. Glory. Because you're no longer that. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. The only thing that can do that is the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the only thing that can do that. Amen. In order to take a city, we have to manifest the power of God. If you're going to take a city, you've got to manifest the power of God. We see all of those instances throughout the Word of God when there were confrontations between the power of the enemy and the power of God. Paul cast the, the devil out of the, the young girl in the city of Philippi. What was that? That was an attempt of the enemy to override the power of God. And the Bible says she did that for many days. These men are the true power of God. Listen to them. And, and it was a distraction. And Paul looked at her and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And immediately she came out. And what's the Bible say? Everybody got in an uproar. Amen. It says that, right? It says that, 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 that Paul, that, that aprons and handkerchiefs were taken from his body and that they were taken to the sick and the diseases left them. And it said they also put them on those that were possessed with devils and the demons left them. And, and it said it became such a known fact that Paul did that, that there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, who did so. And it says that they jumped on a man that was possessed with the devil, seven of them. And said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches to come out of him. Now, you know where I'm going. 
And the devil looked and said, well, Jesus, I know him. And the Greek says, Paul, I've heard of him too. I'll know you. Now, wait a minute. Why didn't he know them? No power. No power. No power. No power. And he jumped on them. And they fled wounded and with no clothes on. You jump on the devil with no power and you'll get beat up and lose your pants. It's, yeah. Right? But when, when, listen, but think about this. There was so much power in Paul that when they laid a cloth that had touched his body on a demon-possessed person, the devil left. The Bible says Jesus cast out the devils with his word. Why is that important? That's the power that the church possesses. Amen. The church is not a counseling institution. We're not supposed to counsel people's problems away. We're supposed to use the power of God to fix their problems. I'll counsel anybody that wants help, but at the end of the day, it's going to be the power of God that changes things. If your marriage is in trouble, the power of God's going to change it. If your life's in trouble, the power of God's going to change it. Amen. If, you, if you're having issues in your mind, it's the power of God that's going to change it. If you're dealing with sin, it's the power of God that's going to change it. If you're dealing with sickness in your body, it's the power of God that's going to change it. It's not getting counseling. It's not finding out what somebody else did. It's the power of God. Amen. It's the power of God. And once you encounter the power of God, your life will never be the same. It'll never be the same. Do you believe that? He confirmed their message by the signs that attended their message. Hallelujah. He confirmed their message by the signs that attended their message. You know, I'm going to start heading towards a close here. means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. But it's a, it's a requirement. You have to say that, you know. I get three closes, but not, not really. But, you know, uh, we, we've all heard the, the Pastor Michelle has told her testimony here, and, and, and we all know her, her testimony. You know, she didn't hear the gospel until she was 23 years old. And uh, living in the Bible Belt of America, the buckle of the Bible Belt. And, uh, uh, you know, her life, we, we know, you, you know the story. Her life was a wreck. It was just messed up. And she was doing what she could. She didn't want to live that way. Nobody wants to live that way. Nobody wants to live addicted to substances. Nobody wants to live selling their body on the street. Nobody wants to live having lost your children and lost everything that was important to you. Nobody wants to live that way. Amen. But the opportunity came for there to be victory. Amen. She went to church. Hands were laid on her. She was instantly delivered. We taught over a number of weeks. Then she got a hold of the word of God to keep what she'd been given. The power of God has set you free. Then you got to stay under the word to stay free. But here, here's the point. You know how many people, even to this day, there are people that will look at her and say, I knew that what you were saying was true because I knew you before you were born again, and I know you after you're born again, and there's no doubt about it that what you're saying is right and true because I knew you when. That's the Lord confirming the word. 
Amen. Amen. The church has to go back to this. If you have people in the church on a Sunday morning, like we're here today, if you're here today and you've never been made a new creature, the gospel that I'm preaching, the power of the Holy Ghost that's in what we're saying, if you submit your life to Christ and you turn your life over to Christ, everything will change. You can come here with a mess in your life and leave with the answer and God begin to turn things around. Not maybe, not might, not could be, will be, shall occur. Why? Because the power power of God is the power the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation you cannot believe with the heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord without your Lord starting to turn things around it, it just will be that way oh glory to God amen why because that's the power the church received amen the power to change the world. You and I, we say at every, every service at the end of our vision, we are world changers. One of the drivers of our local church, there's six drivers of our church, six drivers of our church, and the second one is this, we are Pentecostal. We are Pentecostal. We believe in the power of Pentecost. Amen. We, we, we believe that. We believe with all of our hearts that everything that you're encountering can be changed today if you'll just believe what Jesus said. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? In the book of John chapter 4, you don't have to go there. In the book of John chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus was, was leaving Jerusalem and said he must needs go through Samaria. And that he went and it said he was tired, he was thirsty, he was hungry from his journey. And he sat down on Jacob's well in Samaria. Amen. And it says a woman came in the middle of the afternoon. There are people that, that you know, they, they, they will say she came because nobody wanted to be with her. And she was, I don't know why she came at the time she came. Other than uh, I believe it was a divine thing because her, her appointment with victory was there. So whether she was there because nobody liked her or not, I don't care. Don't muddy the water. She came and when she came to that well, Jesus was there. Remember what he said? He said, hey, give me something to drink. She said, well, the well is deep, and you don't have anything to, to, to draw with. And he said, well, I, you know, I, ha- I have water you don't know about. He said, if any man drink the water I have, he'll not thirst again. He said, go call your husband. She said, well, I don't have a husband. He said, oh, you're right. You've had five of them. And the one you're living with now, you shacking. Right? <laughs> Glory. Isn't it interesting that that was enough to set her free? She said, I believe you're the Christ. And then she went, and it says she went and told everybody, come and see a man that told me everything I've ever done. Hmm. What was that power? What did it do? Brought the whole city to Jesus. And there was such a revival in Samaria that he had, they asked him to stay. They hated the Jews, and the Jews hated them. And now here's a, a Jewish rabbi, as they would have looked at him, and he's changing their lives. And they said, please stay. And he did. The whole city got to hear the gospel. One chance encounter changed her life. It's not coincidence that you're here today. 
nobody. It's not coincidence that you're here today. It's not coincidence that this is your church. If this is your church, it's not a coincidence that it's your church. If you're here today, you didn't come because somebody invited you. You came here out of a divine destiny. Amen. Because you could have went to any other church, but you came here. You could have heard any other preacher, but you heard me. You could have sat by anybody else, but you're sitting by who you're sitting by. Amen. And before eternity ever was, God knew you were going to be here, and he had a plan to help you. Would you bow your heads with me today? We're going to make two calls this morning.